On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, the top of the south and Australia's great rail journeys. As winter takes hold, start planning a wonderful escape to the Nelson-Tasman region and across the ditch, the train whistle is blowing. We take a ride on the GAN and the Indian Pacific. Welcome back to Kiwi Tripsters. Buckle up and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Chris Lynch. Welcome aboard this edition of Kiwi Tripsters. I'm Chris Lynch. I'm Mike Yardley. Very good to be with you. Good to see you, Mike. Now, on this edition, we head across the Tasman and we do some epic train spotting, which I know you like, some great rail journeys. But first up, the sun-splashed region of the Nelson-Tasman area and some great adventures to be across Tasman Bay just out of Nelson. Let's start with Cable Bay Adventure Park. This is a whopping-sized adventure park, Chris. It's about 15 minutes from Nelson and uh, the people who headed up are very well-known names in the multi-sport world, Richard and Alina Usher. Uh, they took over the park about three years ago, and it's been just charging ahead in leaps and bounds under their command. They are really environmentally conscious, so what they've been doing is um, adding to the uh, a forestation program at the Adventure Park. They've got, mm. a, they've got a nursery, which was an old barn, and they're pumping out over 50,000 native seedlings from that nursery every year. So that is adding to the forest alongside the remaining ancient Potocarp native forest, which uh, covers much of the property. And there's some really old-growth totara and matai specimens. Some of them are like 1,500 years old, which is pretty cool when you you know go for a, like a bike ride around the adventure park past these massive old trees. There are so many things to do there, though. Paintball, quad bike riding, the mountain bike trails, and a very cool thing, particularly for those who live in Nelson, those MTB trails at Cable Bay are free. So if you, uh, for example, live in Nelson, just rock down to Cable Bay Adventure Park and you can go for a blast on those trails for free. Otherwise, of course, you can hire a bike from their own fleet. But the biggest attraction of all is the Skywire. Now, I was looking at this on the old Google before. This does look pretty good. I would give it a go. Oh, I was a little bit apprehensive at first because it is so massive, um, but it actually is a very soothing and exhilarating ride all in one. And the Ushers reckon it's the world's longest flying fox experience. It's 3.2 kilometres across Cable Bay Valley, and you're 150 metres above uh, the wondrous mosaic of green that is that forest. So she is a big ride. It's more like a horizontal chairlift, I reckon, Chris, because you can have four flyers uh, on the sky wire at one time, and it's really got sort of like two paces to it. When you first start off, she rockets into action. Um, and then when you get to like the middle of the valley, uh, you'll go from about 100k speeds down to about 10, 15k speeds, which is where you can take your Instagram pics, Chris. Um, and then you do it all again backwards. It is such a great ride. I don't think there is anything quite like this uh, in New Zealand, apart from what you get at Cable Bay. Well, exactly. Now, if you want to go sailing, uh, who's the go-to for the main tours? 
Yes, well, this has been really popular over the summer for New Zealanders and Able Tasman Sailing Adventures is a family-run company. They've got a really cool fleet of cats and they've had a crazy busy um, summer and autumn. So if you're starting to plan for a spring or summer holiday later this year, um, this is a really cool way to um, explore Tasman Bay, the Able Tasman. You could even go further like to Duval Island um, and Alongside their scheduled day tours and multi-day tours, you can even go totally next level and organise a private sailing holiday. So you get your own skipper and then uh, the vessel is yours. Um, And I checked out one of their new boats in the fleet, Tahara Nui. She is a luxury sailing catamaran with four master queen ensuite cabins. So you could have quite the private holiday uh, on board that ship, Chris. Sounds nice. Now, what about the Great Taste Trail? Yes, um, the entire cycling trail, this Great Taste Trail, is massive, 174 kilometres, and it essentially lassoes its way around the Tasman district, but it's very well arranged into bite-sized chunks. So I did the Richmond to Mapua section, which is a very easy 20k ride. It's as flat as a pancake. You essentially just shadow the water's edge around the Waimea estuary and then across that huge sprawl of bone white sand on Rabbit Island before you catch a ferry across Waimea Inlet to Mapua Wharf. It's a really scenic ride. I was wondering if you to say there was food along the way with well, taste in the name. Oh, my goodness. There is so much food awaiting you at Mapua Wharf. Now, good. Uh, this is such a cool place. The name Mapua, by the way, a lot of people will think, oh, naked people. That's, that's exactly. Yes. Every time I, I see the word, not that it's often, I think of a new Yes. Birthday Beach. suits. Yes. Yes. Uh, Mapua is synonymous with the birthday but suits it's more brigade, than that, isn't it? Well, it is. And in there fact, are closed people around. There are. Thank Clothed yeah. people, yeah. not closed. Yeah. Clothed. <laughs> closed. You get a few closed people too. Yes. But the only place you will see the human beached whales in their birthday suits is at the local holiday park, um, which is clothing optional. Mapua Wharf itself, uh, clothes on, please. And it's such a buzzing hospitality hive, great shops, great venues. The Smokehouse is a really cool place if you like hand-smoked seafood. Um, Jellyfish Restaurant, uh, that's where you can go and just watch the wharf jumpers right outside the window while you um, devour pan-fried prawns. And if you like your... Ice creams, Hamish's ice creams, oh my goodness. Um, Their real fruit concoctions are amazing with all of those locally grown berries. Um, It certainly warrants the very long queues outside. You're with Kiwi Tripsters, and we're discussing the top of the South Island. Let's talk about Kaiteri Terry and the best place to stay, Mike. Well, I reckon it's the Kaiteri Terry Reserve Apartments, Chris. It's that primo perch right across the road from the beach. A celebrated holiday hotspot, of course, is Kaiteri Terry. Such a postcard perfect beach. You know, yeah. You've got that amazingly glistening turquoise water, thickly forested headlands, gloriously golden sand, and just the shape of the beach, that classic crescent shape. Um, Kai Territory, obviously, not only is a seductive destination in its own right, but as you know, Chris, it's the gateway to the Abel Tasman National Park. If you are looking at staying there later this year, particularly in the summer months, it really does pay to book ahead 
well in advance. Yeah. Um, it is so popular. Incredibly, eh? Mm. Uh, a real family favourite as well. I mean, half of Christchurch famously goes to Kai Territory for summer. <laughs> um, but, I mean, those apartments, uh, yeah, I mean, they're very popular and they book out early. But that camping ground, I think from memory they've got 400 spots at the camping ground. But you really do need to book months in advance if you want to be there for the peak summer. And, of course, there is, uh, let's discuss, Able Tasman National Park. I have only been about two hours uh, up the road or up the track, if you like, yep. and uh, wow, and just two hours north, mm. or was it south? North, Be- yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yep. Everywhere you stop, every little bay is just idyllic. That's what I really like about this national park because it is quite a small national park, but no matter whether you're doing like two or three, four or five days there or two hours, it yeah. really does um, grab you. Uh, and there are so many ways to do it. Uh, in terms of uh, duration, um, but it is absolutely that elemental wonder of those waters, the mm. forest, the sands, that is its siren-like allure. And if you are seeking to blaze a few hiking trails or strike out on a sea kayak, you're in seventh heaven. I mean, the Abel Tasman absolutely delivers in spades. What I would suggest, if you are like in Kaiteri Terry, you could either take uh, the drive up to Marahu, which I think is what you did, Chris. That's where I started, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yes, it is, absolutely. Well, everywhere's beautiful, let's be honest. Well, that's true. That is. That is. It is paradise. The other option is from Kaiteri Terry, uh, there are a lot of sea shuttles and um, ferry services that operate. Abel Tasman sea shuttles are a really good operator. Um, They've been plying the waters for over 20 years and they operate a whole range of different cruise options so you may want to go out for like half day yeah the full day you may want to go to like a lodge have lunch there and the shuttle will pick you up you know two three four hours later and bring you back to kai territory so yeah they're a really good company to use and there are different cruises to take as well of course i left it the last minute so ended up just doing the walk which is which was fine but yeah. i know you love a good cruise where yeah. did you what cruise did you do well i went up to awaroa lodge uh just for the night uh a very pampered night in the wilderness at Arwaroa Lodge, I have to say. Now, it is closed over the cooler months, so it's just finished its season, but it will reopen on September 30. So if you're looking for a bit of a spring fling uh, before the crowd crush over summer, September 30 it reopens. Um, so you're purring out of Kaiteri Terry on the shuttle. Um, I love that uh, incredible rock formation of split apple rock. At, um, oh, yes, I saw that. They reckon it's about 120 million years old, that rock. And, um, of course, it's got a Maori legend associated with it where the story goes the boulder was split by two feuding gods who were fighting over who owned it, um, (laughs) as you do. Uh, We also called into a whole lot of different points along the Abel Tasman coastal track like Apple Tree Bay, Anchorage, Torrent Bay, Medlands Beach, Um, and there were just so many happy hikers um, either getting off the boat to do a bit of a walk or rejoining the vessel. But the other thing which I think is really a signature of Abel Tasman National Park, the cliff, um, that the cliffs that line the coastline. Oh, yes, we can, yeah, have a look out and down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you see all of that sculptured granite along mm. the coastline um, as if it's just like rising out of the forest or rising out of the sea. Uh, it is an absolute classic calling card of the Abel Tasman. How good is the lodge? It is absolutely superb. So, yeah, if you are planning a spring or summer fling with Abel Tasman, 
the lodge really is a quintessential experience that you should add to your itinerary. Um, some people go there for lunch just for the day and then head back to Kaiteri Terry. If you're walking the entire track, a lot of people will have a couple of days midway on the coastal track just to chill out and um, indulge at Awa Roa Lodge. But it's beautifully designed absolutely wrapped in nature. You've got a whole lot of like little walks you can do from Awaroa Lodge that do connect up with the Abel Tasman Coastal Track. Um, fabulous dining in the Harakeke Restaurant uh, and just uh, a really nice place to immerse yourself in the wilderness. Any walks around? Yeah, well, I did a couple of um, short walks from the lodge Um They've got this fantastic wetland at uh, Awaroa Lodge, and they've been heavily involved in a lot of conservation projects there, uh, including uh, releasing Pateki ducks, the brown teal duck, uh, into the wetland. Um, so there's a wetland walk, which is very, very good. I also loved what they call the Sky Track Walk, and this essentially hoists you up the hillside from Awaroa Bay to join the Abel Tasman Coastal Track, and you have got the most radiant views. You feel like a human eagle uh, when you get to the top of the Skytrack walk because the expanse of the view across Arboroa Bay and beyond is just breathtaking. And then south of the lodge, you can also burn off all of that restaurant indulgence on the Tonga Arches Walk, which takes you down to a fantastic uh, rock formation. And also you will see the old quarry where granite was cut. But yeah, Arboroa Lodge, my kind of elemental heaven. Well, I want to go there now. Just if we swap the top of the south for Australia's greatest rail journeys. You're with Kiwi Tripsters. Now, Mike, you are the train spotter from way back. But if you want to explore Australia's vast expanse by train, uh, there are some epic tracks, uh, tracks or trips even. Let's talk about Gang. How did you go there and where did it get its name from? Well, yes, the train's name honours Afghan camel drivers who arrived in Australia in the late 19th century. They were there to essentially find a way to reach the country's unexplored interior. So the Adelaide to Alice Springs Railway track was completed nearly a century ago. The full track to Darwin, Adelaide to Darwin, was only completed uh, earlier this century. But it's a whopper this track, 3,000 kilometres. So that's a bit like wow. training from Christchurch to Sydney and halfway back. That's what? how long this train journey is. That's a, a long way. Now, what about the dimensions? How long is the actual track and how big is the train? Well, the sheer dimensions of the GAN have to command respect. My train was 700 metres long. You know, seven rugby fields long, a train. Uh, there were 26 carriages, over 400 passengers. And the journey time, and I was going from Darwin to Adelaide, 54 hours on the railway wow. tracks. That's a long time. It is a steel and sparks epic, well, this you, one, Chris. Well, you want to make sure it's a, it's a, a signet trip, or is it a bit of a bore? <laughs> well, as you pull out from Darwin, of course, you're up the tropical north end of Australia, um, so you've got a lot of very tropical furnishings. It's very lush, very scenic. Lush, good. However, after Catherine, the landscape dramatically changes as if you've entered the oven, the vast sunburned oh. outback, hour upon hour upon hour of outback desert. So, yeah, for 48 hours, 
you've just got that scene of ochre red desert sand and spinifex grass that becomes your companion, Chris. So even though the terrain does become a bit tiring, the immensity of the outback is mm. what really does blow you away. Um, and the the horizons are just so far reaching as if you're looking across to Africa. The sheer magnitude of Australia's rich red and brown heart is what I appreciated. And I have to say, there is actually something quite special about an outback sunset. It yeah, absolutely lives yeah. up to its hype. You know, it is like this great orange orb becoming a ferocious red fireball as it slumps on the horizon. And then you get that lingering purple haze after it's disappeared. Um, so, yeah, very flash. Where does it stop? Well, does were, it ever stop? <laughs> yes, it does, does it go stop. Around in circles? You'll take- be relieved to know it does stop. So they have a couple of off-track excursions. They pull into Catherine and also into Alice Springs. Um, Alice is very popular because you can do a whole lot of different um excursions there. You can go to the Royal Flying Doctor Service Base to learn about the vital medical care they provide, you know, to thousands of Aussies living in the outback. I also went to the Alice Springs Telegraph Station, which was kind of cool. So this is where you can learn about um, this very old European settlement in Alice Springs and how the station played a huge role in bridging the isolation gap uh, between remote Australian towns. So in 1872, they started relaying messages between Darwin and Adelaide, and it's the best preserved of these 12 stations which used to operate what was called the Overland Telegraph Line. Um, And the other thing is from Alice, like if you want to go to Uluru or Katajuta, you can. You could actually get off the train for a day or two, uh, do the side trip to Uluru, and then rejoin the GAN um, south to Adelaide. Why did you love Catherine so much? Well, actually, this was the highlight for me, Chris. Yeah, um, yeah Catherine, which is um, just a few hours south of Darwin, um, is very, very spiritual. I went to a place called uh, Nitmaluk, uh, which is also known as Catherine Gorge, and um, it is steeped in Aboriginal mythology, and you can feel it. You can feel the mood in this place. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of like a canyon, a watery canyon, and you just drift past these fortress-like sandstone cliffs that lord over the waters. Uh, you're in a boat, obviously, and you'll want to be in a boat because the crocodiles often come into this gorge um, in the in the warmer months. The local indigenous population will not journey down the gorge because they believe it is the domain of a very sacred serpent. Um, and ancient Aboriginal rock art is painted oh, I love all that. over the walls. Yeah, that's cool. That, that sort of art commands respect, doesn't it? I yeah, do well, love it. Yeah, it does. Well, the guide I had on the boat, he was saying to me, now that rock art there has been estimated to be 15,000 years yeah, old. It's amazing when you hear that, eh? I felt it's... like a grain of sand, Chris. <laughs> totally insignificant. Well, what about the onboard accommodation and, and the dining? Yeah, well, it's fabulous. You do have a variety of options. If you want to go um, full lavish luxury, you can uh, book a platinum class um, accommodation 
uh, reservation or there's also gold class. But whatever you do, you've got these beautiful wood panelled cabins. They're compact but very comfy. You've got ensuite bathrooms, breakfast, lunch, and dinner served in the Queen Adelaide restaurant car with military precision. Uh, the choice of dishes offered uh, changes every time, obviously, and really good food. Um, a big celebration of Aussie flavours. So you'll have like barramundi fish. You can eat kangaroo. I mean, you'll get sick of seeing the kangaroos out the window, so you might as well eat one. Um, the quality of food is excellent. Now, is this kind of trip, is this kind of destination, is it very popular? Well, it certainly is popular with uh, the 55-plus market. Well, it fits you then, doesn't it? Well, thank you, Chris. I'm getting very close to that threshold, absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, But it's not a rest home on rails that I've heard some people quite unfairly deride the GAN as. It's it's awful. Um, It's very awful. Um, I did meet some larger-than-life Aussies on the the train, though, Chris. I, uh, for lunch one day, was seated next to these twin sisters, who bore an uncanny resemblance to Marge Simpson's sisters, you know, Patty and Selma. Um, and okay. <laughs> as I was as I was tucking into my kangaroo fillet, uh, my dining companions enlightened me about the eating habits of their brother Bob. Brother Bob lives in Burke in New South Wales, and he loves roadkill. So oh, apparently, no. Bob. No. <laughs> This is this is, not is right. this is this is real McCoy Australia. Uh, Bob Fair can't enough. drive past a dead animal on the road without scooping it up and taking it home to turn it into a stew. So that's that's oh. what um, Australia's Patty and Selma oh, on told me about while I was tucking into the kangaroo. That's probably part of his meal. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when's the best time to do this, by the way? Well, the Northern Territory's rainy season ends in March. So basically any time from April through to October is best. Uh, the rainy season is the life force for a lot of the plant life that takes root in those sandstone walls of the Catherine Gorge. So, yeah, I mean, if I had to choose any particular time of year to do it, I would say April, May, June, and you will love it. You do it again? I would actually. I think I'd probably want to do it the other way around, go from Adelaide up to Darwin, um, just to see if the scenery has changed since I was last year. But I have to say, as a train spotter, I think the the big takeaway from the GAN is not only the appreciation of Australia's sheer immensity, but what a great engineering achievement this railway is, you know, to be able to straddle this continent um, and and offer such a f- sumptuous dining and accommodation experience on the track. We better stick with trains because I know you like them. Another epic train trip in Australia is the Indian Pacific. Yes, it's a railway legend. And if you thought Darwin to Adelaide was big... This is an outrageously long ride as well, connecting Sydney with Perth on a track spanning over 4,300 kilometres. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't Comprehension know you could do that. test, Chris. Yes. How long did I say Darwin to Adelaide was? A very long distance. 3,000. Right. Remember? Christchurch to Sydney and halfway back. Okay, wow. So this one, Sydney to Perth, is Christchurch, Sydney, back to Christchurch, and then down to Timaru. Is that how long it is? That's how long okay, it is. Okay, let's forget that. Okay. Um, so don't tell me you didn't do the whole full trip, did you? No. There are options. <laughs> the full traverse takes four days. I thought I would go batty. So I gave New South Wales the flick, and I jumped on board in Adelaide, westbound for Perth. So that chops it down to a two-night trip. 
without skimping on the signature experiences deep in the outback across Australia's wide smile. Okay, all right. Uh, what are the highlights then? Well, I know this there might must be quite a few if you're for that long distance, surely. <laughs> well, I know this might sound a bit worthy, but the desolation go. is actually quite no, I impressive. Can understand. Sometimes it's nice to just not see humans or hmm. be in an environment where there are, yeah, you know, signs of life. I'm exactly. serious. Yeah, that's yeah good. busy, busy people. Yeah. It's nice to get away from them. So yeah, the desolation, the seclusion, the yoka earth. The infinity horizons is all quite awe-inspiring. And out of nowhere, you will get the odd scratching of civilization, and quite often these little scratchings will have an amazing backstory. For example, you will see the rocket testing range at Woomera, uh, which was also a key communication station for the moon landings. Um, and then in a place called Maralingo, which we pass, there's the old British nuclear bomb testing range. <laughs> You would like that, though, because you sort of like your sort of historical I do. weird things. But this yes. is cool. People it, would like this. Seriously. These are all curios. There is also a little settlement uh, called Forest. Two yes. people live there, Chris, and they service two emergency runways, which are Australia's biggest runways outside of the major cities. And then we stopped in a ghost town called Cook, which was once a reasonably substantial railway service town until the train, the Indian Pacific, was privatised in the 90s. Hundreds of locals were laid off. They fled. All that remains, the buildings. Okay. Anything else? Any other highlights? Because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, destination, <laughs> a lot of tripping going on here. There is. There's a lot of sand, a lot of ochre earth. Yes. Um, the most dramatic moment is I was chugging my way towards Perth, uh, and this adds <laughs> to chugging. Um, what do you do? Do you just sit in the wee in the wee cabin and just yeah, yeah, in the lounge, having okay. a cup of tea, and then maybe a gin and tonic, and yeah, yep. And then a swim in the swimming pool or something. No, there's no swimming. I know, pool. I'm joking. Carry no. on. Um, this absolutely reinforced to me the supreme sense of isolation. Uh, this massive wedge-tailed eagle misjudged its manoeuvring and crashed itself into the cab of the locomotive of our train, smashing the glass. Uh, we were in the middle of nowhere, right, en route to Perth. It paralysed the train, wow. and we had to wait until a freight train from Perth arrived with spare parts. Now, as it was, the bird had actually done serious damage to the cab, so the freight train gave us the spare locomotive so that we could continue our trip. So in the spirit of camaraderie, mm. um, this was a great example of um, yeah, how, how lonely it can be on that railway line until uh, friendly Thomas the Tank Engine comes trundling along. Yes, indeed. And what about uh, Nullarbor? Well, this was probably the highlight. It looks cool. Aboriginals reckon you can hear the rich red earth humming in the Nullarbor. I can't say I did. But the rich colour of those ochre sands is quite yeah. the spectacle. And the Nullarbor is also home to the longest stretch of dead straight railway line in the world, 500 kilometres without a kink. Wow. Straight drag, 500k. Uh, and the Aussie astronaut Andy Thomas, who flew on the space shuttle, said you can actually see that straight drag of railway track from space. I'm not surprised. Now, um, you know what I'm like when it comes to sleeping? I like to have a good sleep. Yes. Did you sleep on the I did. train and is it easy to? Yes, I had a gold class private cabin. So you have your own little quarters. 
Uh, sounds fancy. Yeah, very similar to the GAN where you've got your wood-panelled cabin and um, uh, you've got like a bed that converts into a into like a sofa during the day. Um, unlimited around-the-clock drinks, which is extremely dangerous when you were trapped on a train for a couple of days, um, a la carte gourmet dining in the Queen Adelaide restaurant. And it's interesting that um, the government has, in New Zealand, has recently upgraded the likes of the Transalpine and the Coastal Pacific mm, they have. with these premium offerings. Mm. Uh, they are very much taking their sort of design cues from the likes of the Indian Pacific and the GAN. Nice to hear. What about the kind of crowd does this train attract well yes when we were when we were talking about the GAN I mentioned how there were a lot of like plus 55s mm. um, well they're the ones with the money that's true mm. I was really intrigued though that on the Indian Pacific train I did it was a much broader and global church than I envisaged so the Aussies who were on it tended to be the retired uh, passengers mm. there were a lot of families traveling like with youngsters and um one uh, family I was chatting to had like a, a 19-year-old daughter with them and when she heard there was no Wi-Fi available <laughs> on the train and they bought it in Sydney so they had four days of this train, she thought she was going to die. <laughs> but by the time she got to the Nullarbor, she was actually enjoying the detox. Yeah, I bet, yeah. So, yeah, you are absolutely off the grid and it actually feels good. Well, then I need to do that by the sounds of things. That's it for this edition of Kiwi Tripsters. Be sure to like us on our Facebook page. By the way, thanks so much for your positive feedback. Do keep it coming in. And you can head to the website as well at kiwitripsters.co.nz. Of course, we always love you rating and reviewing Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast service of your choice. And I know that in a couple of weeks' time, Mike, you're going to be showcasing what's hot, literally, in the Reapuhu district. We'll see you soon. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts. And tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.